the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Submit your faith story or prayer request today at jennifer-jackson.org. You're listening to Simply for Women. Well, this is Jennifer, and yes, you are listening to Simply for Women. You know, I don't know what you're juggling today, but maybe there's a pain in your heart. And I have a guest that's going to really help you today and really think about those uh, hard places in our life. And her name is Nicole Bromley, and she's from One Voice. She's an author, she's a speaker, an activist, and she really reaches out and uh, speaks out about abuse and fights human trafficking, speaks on college campuses. She's uh, a survivor. I don't know if that's the word you would say, but a survivor herself. And so she gets you. She really understands the things that you may have been uh, going through or have experienced in your past and wants to be that breath of fresh air uh, in your life today. So welcome, welcome, Nicole. Mm -hmm. We are so glad to have you with us. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. It's an honor. Mm. So tell us, tell us about yourself, your story. How did you get to this place of activist? What a, Mm. what a strong word and and a wonderful thing that you're doing to help so many women. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll say, you know, healing is a lifelong journey. And, you know, for me, I think it started just when I was able to really find my voice. And that came after years and years of of what you mentioned, just having pain and confusion and shame and all of these things that, you know, I I felt like I couldn't talk about what I was going through as a child. And um, for me, it it eventually at 14 years old, I was able to tell about what I'd been going through um, in my home by my stepdad, someone that people respected and loved and Mm. I trusted and all of these things. And for me to finally find my voice was the first step. But gosh, as you know, you know, when, when you're going through a healing journey, you're also going through a faith journey. I think that through that journey is where God really empowered me, not only to find my voice for my healing, but also for the sake of others. One of the pains of abuse is that it's supposed to be someone you, you know, it ends up being someone that you were supposed to trust, that you were supposed to respect. And you're like, well, what's, what's wrong with this picture here? Mm -hmm. That's right. And that makes it even harder to find your voice. That's right. Yeah. And so often (laughs) it does. And, and so often, you know, they're a pillar of the community. And Mm -hmm. so it causes a victim to feel so much more shame and like they should be silent. And a lot of times people take the side of the abuser. So it perpetuates that abuse and keeps it going. But, um, you know, it takes a lot of courage to be able to speak up. And I think for Mm -hmm. women, especially, you know, in today's culture, we've got to find our voice, not only to, to find our freedom and find our purpose in life, but also to make change. I think God calls us to, to change and to be a part of justice. And, um, it's exciting to be a part of that. And when you're a child, 14 or younger, you're thinking I'm in trouble or Mm -hmm. I'm going to get in trouble if I share this. And I just want to say, no, you're not. You need sharing is good. Mm -hmm. You know, we're as healthy as our secrets. Right. Mm -hmm. And so those secrets need to come out. Yeah. And we also need to create spaces where um, it feels safe to come out. I think mm-hmm. women have a hard time finding other women 
um, to really talk to who will be a safe space. So I think that we have to be really proactive, really intentional Mm -hmm. to um, create spaces where women can share. So by sharing your story, you invite others to share theirs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes um, what I've called it is the gift of going second. So by me speaking out and saying the hard thing that I've gone through, you know, for me, it's been sexual abuse. But for many of my friends, you know, it might be an eating disorder Mm -hmm. or, you know, different thoughts that they've had or depression or anxiety and just being able to say it first gives others the gift of going second. It's easier to just say me too, Mm -hmm. but when you are able to create that community, gosh, it's life giving. What do you want to tell us what exactly happened and how, what was the pain of that? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to dive into that. You know, for me, I've talked about it so many times, Mm. but it's still so real. It's my story. And, um, you know, going backwards, I was, you know, I was the poster child of my small community. Mm. I was a straight A student. I was the homecoming queen. I was a star athlete. You know, all of these things on the outside, everyone thought my life was perfect. And Mm. so on the outside, I created really a shell of myself that I could show up and be celebrated and everyone loved me and thought I had it all going. So no one would have asked the questions. Right. Um, but yeah, I was, I was confused. I was afraid. I was silenced for, for 10 years of my childhood. Mm. Was, 10 years. Yes. Yeah. I remember oh, long back time. to four years old was the first memory that I have. Oh. And it went on until I was 14. I'm so sorry. Mm. Well, thank you. Um, You know, that was a really hard time for me, obviously, and just so much confusion and what, you know, if I do tell, will I be believed? Mm -hmm. If I'm believed, then what happens? Like all of the things that my stepfather told me, no one would believe you. You're just a little girl. Is that typical? Very typical. And it's big, a big part of the grooming process. Not only are abusers oftentimes people you do know, people you do respect, they use that as a way, a grooming tool, but also what they say to the victim, you know, um, the fear that gets instilled or the normalizing of this behavior that he was teaching me. Mm. Um, yeah. What are the common, common lies? Like mm-hmm. if someone's listening right now and they're saying, mm-hmm. oh, I've, I'm being lied to. What Absolutely. are those? Yeah. Yeah. And just making you feel like you're dependent on them or what they're saying is right. And everyone else is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of things or, or threats even. Threats. Yeah. I mean, like he, I'm going to harm your mother or I'm going to. Absolutely. You'll never see your mom again. Or your dog. You're going to shatter our family. You feel very responsible for everyone's happiness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that in itself caused me to be, for now, I say I'm a recovering people pleaser. And I think it was really (laughs) stemmed from that trauma, honestly. And so there's so many of those things. So for me to actually finally find my voice was really hard. But I was 14 years old. I remember um, we had just gotten back from a family vacation where a lot of molestation had occurred in the ocean, in the pool, in the car, Mm -hmm. in the hotel room, like everywhere. And I just... I wanted it to stop, but I was so scared if I did tell what would happen. Um, I didn't want to lose my mom. I didn't want to shatter my family. I didn't want my dog to be killed like he would tell me, you know, and I was afraid no one would believe me. And what if I find my voice and no one does anything? Mm. Even even worse. (laughs) It would be worse, which, you know, I've been speaking for years and years now, 18 years. And um, many times survivors will say, Nicole, I did tell, but. Nobody listens. Exactly. That's why I named my first book Hush, because mm-hmm. so many are are told to hush about this situation. So, so you finally, had enough. You were like, I'm drawing a line in the sand at 14. The courage. Yeah, I was still very scared. So I remember we were in the car. My mom and I were in the car, and she was just sharing about some 
things that weren't going well for her in her marriage. My, she wanted to go back to college. Obviously. She was very controlled by my stepdad. Again, everyone thought they had the perfect marriage, but she and I did too. And so mm. I, a lot of times, was protecting her from this knowledge. Um, but then she shared with me some issues and she turned to me in the car and she said, he's been acting so strange around me. Has he been acting strange around you? And this was on the heels of a mm. horrible family vacation. And I just hinted to the fact that yes, he had. And I, she says it was the Holy spirit. Um, she turned to me in the car and she said, has he ever touched you? It was like, she oh. knew. And I said, yeah. And I remember she slammed on the brakes and she pulled the, pulled the car over the side of the road. And that was the first time mm. in my life I knew it was wrong. You know, I never knew it was wrong. No one talked about these kinds of things when I was growing yeah. up. And he didn't tell you it was wrong. Of course obviously. not. Yes, of course not. He said, all little girls go through this. Mm-hmm. No one talks about it. It's normal. You know, and so I had nothing else to believe but him. So I think awareness and just, you know, what you're doing today, just talking mm-hmm. about these issues is so important. And we have to talk to our kids about it. We have to. So you were mad at him probably, obviously. But did you ever get mad at your mom? Mm. Back then I didn't because I really believe she didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that to be honest, you know, through my healing journey, there have been many waves of that where how could you not know? Right. You know, like as a mom today, to be honest with you, I have three boys. Me? Yeah, exactly. Like I'm very aware of it. Um, and I'm, I'm looking for signs, you know, sure. I'm talking to my kids. My kids know about all this stuff already and they're little. Um, so yeah, I think that anger was something, a wave that came and, and went, but I think even growing up in the evangelical church, I struggled with anger because I thought, oh, this isn't right. It's not right for me. But wow, Jen, like when I could really understand, no, this is this is good. Like like Jesus was angry at yes. this. And he's mad about it, too. Mm, yes. He's and when I was when I accessed that for myself, mm. the healing that came was huge. Mm. It was huge for me. I needed to get mad because you know why? For years, I held on to the fact that I thought that I did something wrong. I thought I asked for it. I thought I deserved it. And so I couldn't get angry at him for doing it because I was still putting the anger on myself, the shame on myself, the blame here. And finally getting angry at what he did and calling it his, that's when my freedom really came. I felt like the shackles were really falling off for me because I put the blame where it belonged. Yeah, I love that. And knowing that God was mad about it, too. God is holy yeah. and he's not pleased when those right. things happen. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that there are times in my life where I would really access, you know, the the Lord um, just in prayer and just visualizing, like, where was he? Right. And I pictured him just holding me and weeping, Ugh. but also being so mad at what my stepfather had done. We have about 30 seconds, and before we close, why don't you give us some of those signs so that so maybe somebody listening wants to find those signs or somebody that's trapped needs to know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think there's so many signs, but overall, the overarching thing is just noticing changes in behavior, mm-hmm. you know, social behavior, exercise, eating behavior, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, and not just notice it, but talk about it. Ask, what's going on? I just want, I just want to listen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Being that safe space. You know, God has answers for these hard, hard places in our life. And he wants to bring healing. It's it's a pleasure to have Nicole here. And I want you to stay with us for tomorrow because she will be back and we have more to talk about. You are listening to Simply for Women. This is Jennifer Jackson. And if you want to learn more, just go to Jennifer 
jennifer-jackson.org. That's jennifer-jackson.org. You know, we want God to be close to you and for you to see all that he wants to do in your life. We have so much more. So see you tomorrow. We hope that today's show has been a blessing to you as you seek to simply live out your faith. To hear today's show again or to share it with a friend, search Simply for Women wherever you get your podcasts or visit Jennifer's website at jennifer-jackson.org. That's jennifer-jackson.org. Thanks for joining us on Simply for Women. Take time today to simply be, simply be with God. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.